Welcome to another podcast from the Rotary and Community Service radio show, which is now in its 11th year. Our show is heard every Friday between 6 and 8pm on Community Radio Station 94.1 FM 3WBC and is also streamed live on the World Wide Web on 3WBC.org.au. Here is a recorded interview, first played on the 16th of September 2016 by Ian Salick with Bob Glinderman, OAM, past president of the Rotary Club of Melbourne in District 9800. Bob Glinderman assists with the running of the Donations in Kind warehouse in West Footscray. Okay, we have a very special guest in the studio at 19 after 6 this evening. It is my very great pleasure to talk to a very dedicated Rotarian who I mentioned previously, Bob Glinderman, OAM, Medal of Australia, the Order of Australia, who was awarded that in 2011. Bob is a current member and past president in 2003-04 of the wonderful Rotary Club of Melbourne. But uh, I'm pleased to say that Bob is connected to this radio station because he lives in the city of Burundara. And Bob is one of the most hands-on Rotarians around and uh, works and manages Donations in Kind, or D.I.K. as we call it, uh, which is a warehouse in West Footscray. And we're very keen to talk to Bob about that operation. Bob Glinderman, a very warm welcome to 94.1 FM 3WBC. Ian, thanks very much. It's really nice to be here. It's a while since I was at W, what is it, 3WBC, um, and I think the music has got better. Well, that's because you've got younger people presenting it. <laughs> well, Fiona's here. I'm not that young. We're going to play Frank Sinatra soon, so you better not speak too soon. Now, Bob, uh, before we talk about the various rotary roles uh, that you've had and your current work in rotary, let's find out a little about you. How long have you been in rotary for? Well, Ian, I joined Rotary in 1977. Good gracious. What exactly. a wonderful time. Yes, indeed. In fact, I tell a lie, it was 1975. Goodness gracious, you're one of the long-standing Rotarians. Uh, yes, indeed. That's, uh, that's wonderful. And tell me, um, it's something that, that I always ask, what really motivated you in the first place to, to join Rotary? What was the, the button that was pressed for you to want to do? work with Rotary. It was very interesting. We'd been transferred to the Northern Territory with Shell and uh, if I'm really honest, I was press-ganged into joining Rotary. <laughs> uh, the man who was the manager of the terminal in Darwin said, it's about time you got involved in something like this and this is a great way to meet people in a new city. And it was. So I became a member of the Rotary Club of Darwin just before Cyclone Tracy in 1975. And then did you come straight to Melbourne and join the Rotary Club of Melbourne or was there an intervening? Not at all. I left Darwin in 1978 and went to Brisbane, joined the Rotary Club of Brisbane Metropolitan. This is a history. And then I went to Adelaide and we transferred down there, joined the Rotary Club of Adelaide, uh, then back to Sydney. And in Sydney I joined the Rotary Club of French's Forest and that was impossible to get to after leaving the city and getting over that harbour bridge. So uh, I arranged to move from French's Forest to the Rotary Club of Sydney. I was only in the Rotary Club of Sydney for a short period of time before we were transferred to Melbourne and I came to Melbourne in 1988-89 and joined Melbourne, the Rotary Club of Melbourne a year or so later. 
That is a wonderful history. I don't think I've ever spoken to a Rotarian who has had so much history in Rotary. If there was a president of Australian Rotary and there's not listeners, there's a worldwide president or an international president, you could be the Australian president. You've had more experience in Rotary <laughs> than most of us put together. Um, tell us a little bit about the Rotary Club of Melbourne, where you eventually landed. Uh, what's, it, what's it like? How would you describe the soul of the place? Well, it's, a, it's an interesting club, Ian, because it was Australia's first Rotary Club. Uh, we're coming up to 100 years old in uh, 2021. Uh, so there's a lot of heritage attaches to it. And I think that's one of the most important ingredients in the club. It's a big club. We've got uh, over 250 members. I, I, to be perfectly frank, I'm not quite sure how many we've got in total now because the numbers sort of fluctuate somewhat with people coming and going. Um, we've been over 300 at different times as people move. And... Uh, it, that means it's a big club with a lot of people to draw on. And the other thing is that they've got diverse interests. So you can get tangled up in so many different areas depending upon the different avenues that individuals go down at different times. There's some very interesting people at the Rotary Club of Melbourne uh, and they're in some very diverse occupations and professions. Would you like to give us a flavour of those? Goodness me. Uh, well, I mean, if you look at it, there is the, the age profile of, of members in the Rotary Club of Melbourne is that you've got a lot of people in the, uh, let's shall we say, over 65 category. And that's partly the heritage of the club. Um, it's difficult to, it, it's not difficult, but it's unfair to single out individual members. But what I'd say is we've got them from uh, past Governor Generals through to uh, just little old commercial blokes like me. It's very auspicious membership at the Rotary Club of Melbourne, uh, which I'm aware of uh, to some degree. You've got lawyers, you've got church leaders, you've Without got businessmen, um, you've got doctors. Uh, it is a very uh, diverse membership, isn't it? If you're going to be ill, the Rotary Club of Melbourne is not a bad place to be because I think we've got every conceivable medical profession professional covered. <laughs> Obstetrics. Yep, the whole lot. <laughs> I think we've got three of them. <laughs> I think you might too. Uh, and plenty of lawyers to look after you as well. That's, that's right. But there's no malpractice there at all. No malpractice. Not at all. Um, now, before we talk about uh, your current district role, uh, what you're doing out at uh, Donations in Kind, the DIK warehouse, what roles have you had as a Rotarian in your own club? Uh, well, apart, I mean, the, the obvious peak of being in a, in a Rotary Club is being the president and being selected by your uh, fellow members to lead the club. Um, I think most of the director roles have been covered in one form or another. Uh, the chair of a number of different committees, including uh, in particular the East Timor Committee, which I've been involved in for a, quite a long period of time. I've chaired that. Uh, the Horizons Committee, I'm involved in the foundation, the Rotary Foundation uh, Committee, an important part of Rotary, the foundation this year, it's centenary year, and a uh, hundred years uh, is something to really mark in the life of any organisation. And I think there are going to be some terrific things happening with the uh, with the foundation centenary over the course of this next 12 months. There's a lot of great plans, and of course, our listeners would know that the signature project, if I can call it that, of the Rotary Foundation has been the work that they've done to aid the eradication of polio, which is now only in two countries in the world. So foundation is such a quintessential element of Rotary, is it not? It's an important ingredient in that it shows the internationality of Rotary. 
you know, every country in the world almost has a Rotary Club or Rotary Clubs doing the same sorts of things as we do in the clubs here in Australia. And eradicating polio is something that is quite uh, remarkable and a lot of people didn't believe it could ever happen. But it will. Wonderful stuff. Um, like many Rotary Clubs, uh, I know the Rotary Club of Melbourne gets involved in some wonderful community and international projects, but could you tell us about some of these local community projects to uh, let our listeners know how involved you really are locally? There, because we're sort of domiciled in the city of Melbourne itself, uh, the traditional sausage sizzles and those sorts of things that we see around in the suburbs are rather more difficult to do. So the great focus for the community projects of Melbourne are things like working with the large instrumentalities within the city, like the Brotherhood of St Lawrence, like uh, St Vincent de Paul, those organisations busily working, addressing issues of family violence and homelessness. Yes. We've been heavily involved with Second Bite, uh, a marvellous organisation that collects food from markets and supermarkets and redistributes it to places like Mary's House of Welcome, the various missions and kitchens around the place. And that's real on real hands-on rotary stuff. And that's, that's practical stuff, isn't it? It really is. It's not about going out and selling raffle tickets. It's about doing stuff. And that's an important ingredient in the way in which uh, Melbourne works in the community. It's very solid and uh, very welcome in the city and very well acknowledged too. Bob, your international projects... Gosh, where do we start? Um, we've had a very significant focus in East Timor over the course of the last 10 years, 15 years, particularly since independence. Uh, the projects that we've had up there have been so diverse. Uh, with a couple of other Rotary Clubs, Doncaster and Lilydale, we have an organisation called East Timor Roofing. We employ 20-odd local East Timorese, we roll water tanks, we make uh, pearl and trusses for roofs, etc. And those 20 odd um, local people support 300, 350 family members. So it's a very significant uh, input into the community as a whole. We've had several big microfinance schemes up there as well, established goodness knows how many hundreds of new businesses. We've had a big maternal health program, uh, particularly up in around Bacow. Uh, which is the second largest city along the north coast of East Timor. And the beauty of that is we've been training local nurses within the, the individual villages, uh, within the Sukos, to look after the people in those locations because frequently there is no medical attendant when babies are born. And the whole idea of that was to reduce the incidence of baby death, infant yes. mortality. Yes. And that's been really quite a significant uh, program. Varieties of things, the amount of, of, of goods that we've sent into Timor through DIK, and I know we'll pick that up subsequently, is really quite remarkable. Um, and that continues because even though they're 15 years on from independence, the need is still great. So that's in, in, in Timor. We've had a great project in the Philippines. We've had several of them over there, particularly pertaining to water. Water. Yes, the Barra Water Project has been done with one of our corporate members, uh, Guthridge, Haskin and Davies, known as GHT, or as the people that work in the organisation call it, gutters, holes and drains. <laughs> and uh, the beautiful thing about that is that it's working with the locals in that community 
building proper water storage facilities and water reticulation facilities for the same community. And that's been a really great project. Um, I mentioned the Rotary Foundation, and that's been done with not only funds from the Rotary Club of Melbourne, but from the Foundation as well. So it's a real joint effort between the Foundation and the Club. And that's the way Rotary can grow some of these big projects. There's another one in uh, the Solomons associated with solar uh, panels and solar lights. Um, particularly the solar panels that have been looking at using something other than uh, kerosene for cooking. So bringing some electricity in and using that as opposed to burning kerosene with all the attendant fumes that go and with that. And danger of fire. Etc. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So there are two that in particular that are really significant projects in those two quite different countries. Wonderful projects, Bob, uh, and uh, you and your club do, do marvellous things who, along with his team, currently manage the Donations in Kind, or DIK, warehouse in West Footscray. When did it start, Bob, and uh, what does it do? Gosh, how long have you got, Ian? Uh, Look, I can't tell you exactly when it started, but it was started by a man called Fred White. Uh, And Fred was a member of the Rotary Club of West Footscray, and it started in his garage. And we're talking probably 20 years ago. And it outgrew his garage, moved into a transport depot in Altona, and we were given a little space there. Uh, I wasn't involved at that stage. And we eventually took over so much space in this transport company that the transport company moved out. And uh, finally they said, look, we've got to get you a better spot. And that's how we ended up in West Footscray, where we are now, in the wool stores. Uh, and we were supported very heavily by that particular uh, transport company, Golden Brothers, until they were sold two or three times a few years ago, and then we had to paddle our own canoe. And that was a big surprise, because up until that point of time, we didn't have to worry about money. And uh, when Golden Brothers sold out and we had to find the rent for the store and the operational costs, etc., that changed the componentry quite markedly in the way in which the, uh, the store itself operated. Uh, that started a whole new organisation called DIK Incorporated. And DIK Incorporated came into being because we had to have an incorporated body to be able to sign the licence on the store, the licence to occupy the facility. And uh, from there it's grown. We signed uh, that agreement as DIK Inc. about uh, five years ago. And uh, we've gone from five clubs being involved in DIK Inc. to now having 12 clubs that are part of the incorporated body. But we get support from a lot of other Rotary clubs within our district, 9800, as well as four other districts who used to have DIK stores. They've closed those up and all been amalgamated now into West Footscray. So we've got the whole warehouse, which is 3,400 square metres, and uh, every bit of it is now full. And how many containers would you ship out per year? It varies uh, quite markedly, but we would ship on a on a usual year somewhere between 20 and 30 40-foot containers. And what are some of the products that are in those containers? Where do you start? We go through all sorts of hospital equipment, hospital bed, mattresses, overbed tables, side tables, all the, the normal things that you'd see in a hospital, the saline drip poles, uh, then we have all of the mobility aids. So we've got the wheelchairs, the walking frames, over toilet chairs, shower chairs, crutches, 
walking sticks, all of those sorts of uh, general ambulatory aids. But now we're getting into a lot of more sophisticated equipment. For example, we've sent off to Bangladesh recently a C-arm X-ray machine and a full set of anaesthetic machines. We've got two C-arms in the store now that are being sorted out for Cambodia. Uh, we've got uh, a beautiful x-ray machine that came out of the Rosebud Hospital. Uh, we've got a brand new operating table. We've got a blood fridge that came from Namurka. Also in the corner of the warehouse right now, we've got a two-bay morgue. Um, <laughs> it's that sort of equipment that people send us wish lists and then we fill the wish list. So that's the medical equipment. Then we have all of the school equipment, desks and chairs. We throw away just so many desks and chairs uh, from within our state education system and within the uh, the Catholic system as well. And it's a great pity because some of these chairs have never had a kid's bottom on them. You know, they're brand new and they've never been utilised. But they'd have gone to the tip because something has changed within the organisation. So they get shipped off to, a lot of them go to Timor. In fact, we've got a request from the president of that country for 10,000 desks and chairs. Uh, we're about halfway through supplying that now. You do some great work and one of the things that I believe a lot of Rotarians don't know and certainly our listeners out there might not know is that you do ship to parts in Australia, don't you? Oh yes, uh, probably shipping is a bit of an exaggeration but we certainly provide material to uh, a lot of community projects within Australia. It's not just international. I mean, for example, every day that the store is open, a Tuesday or a Thursday, there'll be somebody there from the Royal District Nursing Service who will come in and say, we've got a client in XYZ, they can't afford to buy a wheelchair, can we get a wheelchair or can we get a walking frame or can we get a lift chair? Uh, we're very happy to provide them because it means instead of the stuff going to the tip or gathering dust, it's actually helping somebody. It's utilised. It's, it's Absolutely. just common sense, isn't it? We dispose of so much, we throw away so much, and such vital equipment. Yes. I mean, Donations in Kind is a classical recycling organisation, and in many respects people say, well, you're a garbage collector, and that's true, because we collect the stuff that other people don't want. And I've seen some of the equipment that you've got there and some of the clothing that you've also got there now that's an interesting facet of what you do isn't it clothing is quite interesting it, it it's it's either a first feast or a famine i think at times uh a lot of it's new clothing it's you know perfectly fine it might have the wrong badge on it or something like that and the manufacturer has decided that it's got to be sent overseas so there is an amazing number of kids running around in africa and timor with uh, Hungry Jack's T-shirts on because they've been tossed out and nobody wants to wear them in Australia. Or Hungry Jack's in particular decides that they, they don't want them or it might be a council that's changed their badge or their colour or something like that. And, I mean, it's it's not only badged equipment like that. We'll get uh, 97 pallets we got from, I won't say the organisation, but brand new school clothing, shirts, shorts, um, that was material that would have gone into rags and it hadn't been used. It's brand new in their plastic bags. Manna from heaven for a lot of destinations. Absolutely. Absolutely, Absolutely. marvellous uh, marvellous stuff. Now, tell us, how can our listeners out there, both Rotarians and non-Rotarians, help you at DIK in terms of helping you physically or gaining product for you to move out to worthwhile causes? Well, there are three ways that people can assist us at DIK. The very first is money. 
uh, as as a voluntary organisation, we need about $120,000 a year to run. By the time we pay the rent, run the truck, pay the electricity, pay to get rid of our garbage and all of those sorts of things, that's what it costs us. And that all comes from Rotary Clubs. So the importance of sausage sizzles outside Bunnings and those sorts of places are very, very critical because some of that will help run DIK. Uh, we're always looking for volunteers. When we start sorting out, you know, 30 or 40 pallets of clothing, there's a lot of work in that. And we would have on a normal Tuesday or Thursday, maybe two, three, sometimes four people who are doing that. It takes a long while to sort out all of that clothing into summer and winter, you know, men's and ladies, various sizes and so forth, and then appropriately pack it and label it so that it can be utilised elsewhere. Uh, that happens every day, every Tuesday and every Thursday. And then we have the opportunities for club working, pardon me, working bees. Uh, and it's a great way to grow uh, a club's participation of their membership by actually having them in the store doing stuff. Hands-on uh, opportunities are few and far between for a lot of service clubs, and this is a very easy way to do some hands-on stuff. Can you receive any help from members of the public? Yep. Um, we get the calls almost every day. We've got XYZ. We've got uh, a whole series of things because my mum died and we don't need them now. They'd go to the tip. Can you utilise them? We never say no. We always take them. We love to get them delivered when we can because uh, having to go and collect them all over Melbourne can be a bit of a challenge from time to time. But we'll do that if we have to. But certainly those sorts of donations are always very, very happily accepted. Bob, how can our listeners get in touch with you to provide that help? We've got uh, two ways of doing it. We've got a website. The website has got a lot of information on it and you can uh, contact us by going to dik.vic.rotary dik.vic.rotary at gmail.com Yeah. Or a telephone call to 0428 550 That number again? 0428 And that's how our people can get in touch with you and help you in this wonderful cause uh, that is so hands-on for Rotary and also it is a cause that non-Rotarians uh, can assist you with as well and that provides great community focus, doesn't it? That's one of the good opportunities. It isn't just a rotary project. It's a rotary project that you can involve project. you can involve so many other people in it. And the support from other parts of the community is strong, from commercial organisations, from hospitals, from those sorts of uh, people who donate us the goods. Uh, so much of it comes from non rotary sources. Well Bob Glinderman, thank you for joining. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This podcast was produced and presented by Ian Salick of Rotary District 9800 in Victoria, Australia. Other podcasts can be found on iTunes podcasts by searching for Rotary Radio, then scrolling to Doing Good in Victoria, or alternatively by going to the Rotary Club of Canterbury website at www.canterburyrotary.org.